Hi, this is Feed, Play, Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. Hooping cough. It strikes fear in the hearts of many new parents. Babies are particularly vulnerable, and we were all reminded just how vulnerable after the death of four-week-old Riley in March this year. Following his death, free vaccinations for women in their third trimester of pregnancy were introduced in most states across Australia. Dr Maggie Danchen is a paediatrician with the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. Hi Maggie, how are, Maggie, how are you? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Hi Siobhan. Could we start with just defining uh, what whooping cough actually is? Sure. Yeah, whooping cough is a respiratory infection um, that is spread by coughing um, and it is actually a bacterial infection um, and it's uh, mostly spread um, by older children and adults um, and it actually starts just like a, a cold, a normal cold with a bit of a runny nose and a mild fever and a cough but then it can actually develop into sort of these um, really uncontrollable bouts of coughing um, and in young children those uh, coughing episodes can actually um, be quite prolonged and they have runs of coughing and go quite red in the face and then at the end of that run of coughing they can take a uh, deep breath in um, causing that whooping sound which is why it's called whooping cough but we really only see that sort of pattern in the in the younger infants and younger children. And if it's um, in older kids and possibly adults is one of the signs that it might be whooping cough is that it's just not going away? Yeah, whooping cough uh, is definitely a cough that lasts longer than just a viral-induced cough. You know, we say up to about three months. Um, and as I said, you know, in older kids and adults, it can just really be a sort of a dry, persistent, irritating um, cough. Sometimes in older children... Um, uh, they can still have a vomit at the end of coughing, what we call post-tussive vomiting. And that can also be a little bit of a red flag to GPs or paediatricians that um, maybe we should test for whooping cough in the older child. And is the main concern with whooping cough about its infection in babies? Yeah, that's right. So uh, all children at the moment are vaccinated against whooping cough. There are actually um, five uh, doses of whooping cough vaccine given to, to kids all the way up to the age of 13 years. But those first three doses are given at um, two, four and six months, although we strongly recommend they get that first dose at six weeks. But until they've had that third dose of vaccine, they're not optimally protected um, and that's around six months. So infants under six months of age who've not yet had those three doses are really vulnerable to whooping cough and we know that it's that group of, of babies that um, are most likely to be admitted to hospital and to have the sort of more serious or severe end of the illness. And Margie, you've actually treated babies with whooping cough. Um, I can imagine that's a really distressing experience. Yeah, look, it is distressing. Uh, it's distressing for the families and for the nursing staff because, as I said, it's usually these, these smaller infants, you know, two, three, four months of age, who um, are admitted to hospital because they have these periods um, where they may stop breathing um, and these long, prolonged um, coughing episodes where they can't catch their breath and we have to try and help them with a little bit of oxygen if needed or suction. Um, and it is distressing for everybody involved and also because 
because it you know it goes on for for such a long period of time. And is it um, the actual um, lack of breathing that is the problem for the child, or is it complications arising from having the cough? Uh, well, in the younger infant, um, they can actually develop that sort of more serious or severe end of the illness where they can actually develop pneumonia or they can have seizures or, or brain damage. So um, the cough itself is not really what the child is at risk of, um, especially the older child, but it's the younger infants who actually the, the, the illness becomes a lot more severe um, and, that's, and that's where the risk uh, exists. We're speaking with Dr. Margie Danchen, who's a paediatrician with the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, and she's also writes a regular blog and, and has blogged in particular about this whooping cough vaccine that's available for women in pregnancy. Um, before we get to pregnant women, how often should adults be vaccinated? Yeah, that's a really important point and it's something that we're trying to sort of um, get people thinking about again. Adults should have the vaccine at least every 10 years to boost their immunity to whooping cough uh, because as I mentioned before, it's the adults and older children that actually keep the bug circulating in the community and hence um, uh, are the sort of the vectors or the, or the, the uh, people that put the younger infants most at risk. So we say every 10 years. I did read... I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I read that Riley's mum had a booster three years prior to his birth. Does that mean um, that regardless of when you've been vaccinated, if you're pregnant, you should just have the whooping cough vaccination in the third trimester regardless? Yeah, that's right. And that's because um, we know that by giving the vaccine in that third trimester of pregnancy, so that's we recommend between about 28 and 32 weeks of pregnancy. We know that getting the vaccine then um, uh, creates the most antibody in the mum, which is then um, passed across the placenta to the baby. And it's that higher level of antibody that's passed to the baby um, before the baby's born that gives that optimal protection in that first few months of life while they're waiting to be vaccinated in the infant schedule. So unfortunately, if they've had the vaccine three years before, the amount of antibodies circulating in the mother to be passed to the infant is not high enough really to protect the infant in those first few months of life. Are there any side effects? I know sometimes uh, with vaccinations you might expect a little bit of that illness to um, to present itself in once you have the vaccination. Do we know if there's any side effects for pregnant women when they have this vaccine? Look, we know that the, this vaccine is incredibly well tolerated and like any vaccine it can cause like a local reaction in the arm, so a bit of redness or swelling or tenderness, um, maybe a little bit of fever, but generally it's incredibly well tolerated by the mum. Most of the questions we get from pregnant women pertain to safety for the infant and um, reassuring mums that um, the vaccine won't affect their unborn child in any negative way um, and certainly safety studies that have been done have shown um, that there aren't any um, adverse effects in the mum or the baby, um, you know, such as stillbirth or, or placental problems or low birth weight or anything like that. There have been two large studies that have looked at that. And how effective is it for the baby? Um, 
You mean uh, passing in terms of preventing whooping cough for the infant? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so at the moment, the the big UK study that, that looked at this showed that um, having the vaccine in pregnancy was about 91% effective in preventing infection in babies under three months of age. So pretty good. Yeah. And, and what about if um, you have missed it during your pregnancy? Is it something that you should have... Um, or how how soon should you have it after you've had your child? Yeah, so we do recommend if mums um, haven't been able to have it in pregnancy or or they didn't get around to it, that they have it as soon after delivery as possible. Um, it takes about two weeks for um, an antibody response to develop, so it's still going to take two weeks before the mum, um, you know, has an optimal antibody response. So as soon as um, as possible after delivery, we recommend it not only for the mum but for the dad as well. Um, and it's funded for both parents after delivery. And we also recommend it for anyone close to the baby at home. So grandparents, anyone in close regular contact in the household should have make sure that they're vaccinated as well. But unfortunately for grandparents, it's not funded. Um, but it is for, for both parents after delivery. So I, I understand why they would have um, upped the sort of education about vaccinating during pregnancy. I, with both my children, um, had the vaccination before I had my kids. I didn't realise that I should have it whilst I was pregnant. Right. Why is there such a push now? Is it down to the tragic death of Riley and the media coverage that got or... Are there more cases of whooping coughs that we need to be worried about? I mean, why this push now to educate women about getting it during pregnancy? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we know with whooping cough um, uh, disease in the community that goes in, in sort of three to four yearly cycles where there are these quite large spikes in illness and then it comes tails down a little bit and then there's another big spike in illness. So it does sort of wax and wane a bit. But the overall level, um, you know, uh, is, is not that different um, b- between these sort of um, spikes of infection. So the illness has been around for a long time. Um, and why now? Well, I think it is just a greater awareness of the greatest burden of disease being in the first six months of life. You know, if we look at the hospital data and who gets really sick and who's most effective, affected by by the illness. I think there's just a greater recognition now that it's in infants under six months of age. And so the best way to protect them is to have the vaccine in pregnancy. And um, I'm, I know you're based in Victoria. Do you know, though, whether it's um, funded in across Australia? Yes, it is. It's funded in every state in Australia now. Uh, Tasmania and Victoria were actually the last states to come on board and and, um, were funded from June the 1st this year. But in fact, most of the other states were much earlier. And so whilst the death of Riley Hughes at the age of four weeks in Perth um, certainly uh, triggered a lot more conversation and uh, you know, possibly this legislative change in Victoria and Tasmania, where it was part of the decision making, um, it's certainly been on the agenda for a much longer period of time uh, than Riley's death. But I think, you know, when a perfectly healthy, well baby dies of a vaccine preventable disease, we all sit up and take notice and say, what can we do to stop this happening to other babies? Margie, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Hold up. 